0: This is episode nine, and I'm feeling fine. (laughs) (laughs) Episode nine, folks. It's that time of the week, time of the year, time of the the decade, whatever, where everyone tunes in to the latest episode of Insight, Energy, and Total Total (laughs) Nonsense. Can't I like get another word for it? We'll just go with nonsense. We we'll always do. Always nonsense. Always nonsense. Uh, yeah, so episode nine, nearly at the 10 mark, who'd have thought? So it was uh, usual format, I think we're going to go with. It was a, a successful weekend for Klan. And, uh, but aside from that, we've got a lot of incident in the world of football from various different sources. So we'll spend a, a fair bit of time covering that. Uh, Got some funny stuff in there.
1: Don't have a lot of time for, for any other business, because it seems everything was jam-packed into sport this, this weekend, just people losing their minds and just generally yep. going mental. Absolutely. So
0: we'll uh, get to that, and hopefully it'll be quite enjoyable discussion when we do.
1: And a wee, uh, a wee twist on the critical yep. mode oh, yeah. for this week.
0: Yeah, all will be revealed. I think it's fair to say. Aye. So, starting uh, in the usual place, Renfrew, or well, it wasn't actually Renfrew on Saturday night, but Wednesday it was. Clans, Clans weekend or week, should I say? It was three games and uh, five points out of six.
1: Yep, a good, a good haul. I think looking back on it from last week, it went really. Expecting any more than two or three, I would say. Just when you said uh, Renfrew there, it's not Renfrew's well, Brehead clan. Of course, it is Glasgow's, Glasgow's Brehead clan.
0: So, yeah, it started on Wednesday night with a 7 2 win over Edinburgh. And it seems like seven's the kind of average number of goals Edinburgh are conceding a game now.
1: I know it's a, it's a bit issue. No, I mean they've they've just had another disastrous season. Uh, there's no way to, can I cover that up, at all.
0: Yeah, it's good to see. Um, well, Jordan McLaughlin's getting some time in the nets. Obviously, he's shipping barrel loads of goals, but mm. I mean he's looked quite promising the times I've seen. Him. And uh, I mean the guys in front of him aren't aren't really helping him out. But so he's he's been playing when when their import netminders injured. But they, they took a surprise lead on Wednesday. Yeah. Kind of right off the bat. Yeah. I uh, I don't think it, it quite it quite made everyone think surely not, but it's one of those things it's kinda that of, uh, would only happen to Clan.
1: Yeah. It's been typical of seasons gone past, even good like good seasons that we've had and Edinburgh seem to be the team that the stick in mind and the season that we missed out in the league by a point towards the end of the season when we lost at home. Uh, so it was, you're, I mean, you're never sure with this team in particular, but uh, after a dodgy start, they managed to pick it up.
0: Yeah, and I think it was um, pretty professional in the end. I mean, they did did all they needed to do. It was a, a hat trick from Brooks, go from Brace, Goetvald and Lansky. It, kind of, it did the job two points and you move on really I don't think there's much more to say from any teams playing Edinburgh
1: these days no I know the other thing as well I would say is that uh, there was only I think it was 22 shots that Edinburgh had so that's significantly less than 50 for Ryan now it
0: is significantly less yeah
1: so that, that was a positive and uh, finally starting to see a bit of form from Tyler Shattuck so I think he get five assists like yeah. Edinburgh. yeah, big night. Big night for him. Yeah. Uh, so where's that been all season as well? And I know he's maybe had a, a couple of wee niggly like, injuries here and there, but uh, on the whole I don't think he's really lived up to the lived up to the, the billing.
0: No. But then if he if you if you're saying um this is a Tyler Shattuck that you're gonna get consistently is one of those that then moves nearer contention for wanting to be brought back you know he's starting to look like you thought he would um, when he came in Mm -hmm. Uh, same can be said for some of the other players as well Um, but no so that was a a kind of solid night in the end nothing really spectacular Um, the big one I think of the weekend was the Saturday where they went to Belfast and won 5-3 yeah it's
1: a it's a cracking one there's no two ways about it slightly Slightly worse on the shot on the shot count again that night. I think it was probably about fifty shots. I think, yeah, uh, against us.
0: Yep. Here by the game sheet saying forty-eight.
1: Aye. Oh well, that's that's an improvement then. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, going we we had said last week what Belfast are we going to get, and I think an interview with Cameron Burke kind of echoed the same sentiment that maybe they'd be thinking, you know, how much are Belfast in game shape after the Challenge Cup and stuff, and they want to to kind of jump on the chance, and it, it seems seems like they did really.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was a good display. I think maybe not so much in the first period because I think we only had five shots in the first period, and and Belfast obviously just they started the brighter team. I think by all accounts, yeah. but I think we I think we did quite well to to only keep it to one goal. I think.
0: Yeah, there were, um, I mean, now the, the weekend has has been back to probably his better form. Um, yeah. A couple of times recently, maybe not quite up to that level that uh, we'd expect, but certainly starting to look a lot more solid. There were a couple of other incidents in the game that I'd, weren't really shown in the highlights. Um, one of which was Brooks. Getting a a match penalty for spearing, I think, um, which was then downgraded to a game a game
1: for slashing. I think is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a game misconduct then.
0: And uh, and that meant that meant he could play on the Sunday. But I seem to remember uh, Stefan Meyer getting a a spearing penalty a couple of years ago. When was it? Cam Jansen, <laughs> had hit yeah. Keith. And there was a point where we just totally lost it. But yeah. Spearing's a funny one, so when I saw that I thought that doesn't quite seem in character and mm. so so it turned out really. But still to lose lose a guy like that for one point in the match and, and still to go on and do well is is impressive.
1: Yeah. I know. I think uh, recently our, our power plays picked up a wee bit as well. I think three was it three power play goals against yeah, Belfast.
0: Um I'd need to check
1: the I think it might have been three, but uh even Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I mean that that's that's kinda looking up as well. Um Yeah. I had to really, I mean, couldn't have got any worse, but it's good to see, you think, uh, coming down to this end of the season.
0: Yeah, and from from what I saw in the highlights it was guys at the net, uh, a couple of scrappy goals, which is the ones that you, you want to need to score really. Yeah. And there's some other skilled plays, you know, a couple of deflections, and uh, that's good. Those are the kind of goals that you need to get along with some of the other stuff you see. Yeah. Um, but no, so that that was good, especially going there to Belfast. I didn't didn't expect that as usual, but when are my predictions ever right? As we've said many times before. Um, I know,
1: but that's just the way. That's just the way it's been. Also, I think Ryan Patone was was out for that game. I think I, look, I looked to the. The game sheet earlier on, I think I said they wasn't they wasn't playing
0: Saturday. Yeah, he's not there. So that that's an unexplained one, really. Obviously, it was back in there for Sunday.
1: Yeah, didn't really play too much again on on Sunday night. But no, no. So maybe there's
0: something something
1: there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's some, something maybe going around the, the team, like illness wise, or cause I know obviously Sesquan wasn't playing we were both there on Sunday. But, so I don't know if it's that, or I think Cesc took a few daft penalties on Saturday, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it.
0: Uh, yeah, he did. He took... I wouldn't have thought so, but... took took two. So, well, it was a misconduct, so... Anyway, um, no, good, as we've said. And that was two points I didn't think we'd get, and that's crucial for that eighth place. Both, both of us were there on, on Sunday night, and uh, where we lost, just lost out to Manchester in overtime. Mm. But uh, I thought, just in general, it was a really enjoyable game. It was a
1: good game. It was it was end to end. It was the kind of the kind of hockey game that we've we've seen plenty of times and seasons gone past, and not really so much this season. And uh, it was good to see a bit of fight and determination in the team. I felt like it. I felt like they were playing as a team. Like a
0: yeah. No, it was really it was evenly matched two good teams, obviously, and we'd said you know if that team the clan team had turned up for the whole season, who knows where we where we would have been really, given how well Manchester are doing um yeah,
1: no exactly I think we did i think we did well to to keep Mike Hammond quiet and by that i mean not getting not getting on the on the score sheet at all, Yeah. yeah,
0: it was obviously one pit Becker classic but Apart from that, I don't think the two of them either did did loads. You know, they weren't as influential as some of the other guys like Moffat yeah. uh, and stuff. But no, it was a good game. Interestingly, the interview with Finerty, you know, he was quite uh, complimentary of the clan and stuff. But he said that he felt that the second period was, was quite good in terms of a game. I think we both thought it was a bit slower. Um, the third, though, he, he did, did say was so many penalties on like sixteen minutes yeah penalties given out in that third period and it, it was end and you couldn't get they couldn't get their skilled guys out at all so that probably worked to our advantage yeah I thought that for large periods especially the star that third plan well,
2: yeah
1: yeah no we were um I think part of the some of the penalties were well a lot of the penalties were down to, down to the way that that Manchester were kind of the way they were acting in the, in the third period I thought they kind of lost their discipline a wee bit towards the end. I think Shane Backer, or was it Baker or Backer? I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's a double K. I've always said Backer, but I know. who knows
1: anyway. Anyway, I think it was him that uh, had the hit on, on Sully kind of towards the end of the first period. Um, so, him was a couple of others. I think uh, London Springer as well, possibly getting involved in a few altercations, but.
0: Yeah, they were trying to wind us up for sure.
1: Yeah. I was surprised that Rosehill was not involved as much.
0: Yeah. It was almost as if he was on a leash. <laughs> and the other guys were out just doing doing that work. Um mm-hmm. But no, so it was it was a, a really enjoyable game and I'm glad I'm glad to see it 'cause two two good teams. Um just the goals from that game were uh, quite good as well even. I think the the first one was was it the good work from Moffat?
2: Yeah, um,
0: who we we've been really impressed with. Mm-hmm. Um, got r- round the wrong side of whoever defenceman was and kind of flicked it on the backhand mm-hmm. off the crossbar and then Byers stuck it in.
1: Yeah, I think it may have been, but it was it was defending at that point. Right, but Moffat he's, he's so quick and he's so direct as you said. But it's, it's difficult to stop when he's in full flow and then. Uh, yep. He was he was unlucky with that because it obviously rang the rang the bar and then uh, bounced down in front of an eye and it was a fairly straightforward tap in for buyers.
0: Yep. Good valve it was and got the equaliser. Yeah. Um, it just came across the crease and he he put it through five hole in Clemente, I think. And uh, that tied it up going into the, the first break. The second I think we both thought was quite slow, but Manchester got the only, only goal of that one. It was Springer. Um, I don't quite really remember it. I know it was a bit, a bit scrappy, but I don't think either team deserved to, to lose that period.
1: No, nah, I, I would agree. I, th- I felt like it was. I felt like the game in general was was fairly even for most for most of the night. Probably with the exception of the the third period. I thought we. We dominated a wee bit more and uh, also that's when we, we managed to get the, the equaliser
0: Yeah it, that was the goal that was assisted Pitt and Becca so Aye. surprised it wasn't Hammond really but <laughs> there you go um, and it was Lupin who equalised for us a uh, couple of minutes into the third period a really good shot played out from behind the net and then he Puts it far side, top corner. Clemente, as good as he was, I think, thinking back on some of the saves he made, he had a great game, Clemente, but he wasn't going to stop that one.
1: Yeah, no, he did. He had a really good game. Now, Lapine's goal was, was smashing. Just right in, right in the top corner. Uh, as you say, there was, there was nothing Clemente could have done about that. I think we possibly... we, I mean, we, we had another couple of chances to, uh, to probably take the lead. The one that springs to mind is the one where uh, Mackenzie's pretty much right in front of uh, Clemente. I can't remember who squares it across, but it looked as if all he had to do was just just get his stick on it, just to divert it in, and it just didn't happen.
0: Yeah, total fresh air shot. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big miss. And there were some other ones. Um, I remember Clemente sliding to the back post. We think it's just totally open. Um might have been shot at one of them and he, he slides across. So, now he, he definitely kept him in it at times, but that's, that's what a good keeper does. And then when it went into overtime, as we've said before, it was looking, to be fair, it was looking like we might have taken it to penalty shots. <laughs> Incidentally, Brace missed a penalty shot of his own uh, no. one point in that, in that third, uh, no, the second period, wasn't it? Uh, second period, yeah. I think it was the second. Um, but no, as soon as, as soon as it went into to overtime, you're worried. Then you get 18 or 19 seconds left and you think, well, we might get penalties out of this. <laughs> but sure enough, um, Moffat kind of sneaked one in through Nye. I, I didn't see that clearly at all how it got in. I need to wait and see the highlights. But the inevitable happened.
1: Yeah. I think you, you had joked as well last night about uh, pulling Nye the- Pulling the eye with like two minutes to go or something, because like, there's no way we, we could take it to.
0: Yeah, when it was two it's just to try and win it before overtime. Yeah, that was potentially the most sensible suggestion.
1: <laughs> um, if, if if trips pulling pulling the eye with six and a half minutes to go, then why not?
0: Yeah, at, at least if you do that, you've got time to if you concede, at least try and equalise again <laughs> and actually take it to overtime. But um no so 5 points out of 6 at the weekend mm. um that was that was crucial from those fixtures and given the way other results went um definitely taking that before for the weekend
1: yeah i've got a i've got a wee bit of a a hot take i would say you want to know what it is yeah i've noticed that something something's changed so since we since we've started playing Hmm. A bit a bit poor a bit poorer. Probably halfway through last season. Uh something's something's changed that that we've that we've been doing uh when the teams are coming out. Right. And it's uh remember when the remember when the players used to come out with their helmets on? Yeah, I think I've pinpointed that since they stopped doing that, they've not been playing the way they used to.
0: Why do you think that is? Do you think they're worried? Do you think it's the lack of protection as they come out the door? It's
1: making them kind of nervous. Mm, not not that necessarily. I just think that I don't know why they changed it just for whatever reason.
0: Maybe to to make it look good on the bench. Possibly, possibly. I just maybe because they they take them off anyway, and they just thought, well,
1: aye, aye, probably it's probably something like that. I just think that uh, maybe just go back to that.
0: Well, get in contact with the club, and maybe that is the change in fortune that we need. Maybe 8th place is only a helmet away. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, so the the other results this week, we'll just be quite brief on them because um, have got a lot of <clears throat> predicting and other stuff to to talk about. But um, the two teams that mainly concerned us, first Dundee and Coventry. Um, turned out Dundee had... Quite a good a good run of fixtures. They won four three in Nottingham, which to me was a big surprise. Even though they're kind of fighting for their lives, they they then went to five, won four one on Friday. Did lose at home to to Coventry, but then bounced back with a, a huge win against uh, Milton <laughs> on, on, on Sunday night. So that was uh, three wins. Three wins out of four for them there. Which is is huge, especially in that short space of
1: time. Yeah, no, that is three th- three huge wins. Uh especially the one the one in Nottingham, that was probably the most surprising for me. Um but I think that's obviously helped them kick on for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's a big boost. Yeah. I feel like they just Man. it seems as if they kinda of just dominated Fife. I don't know. I've not seen I've not seen any highlights or anything, but
0: yeah, Fife didn't Fife just didn't really turn up at all. I think Fife Fife have completely lost their intensity and, and level since that mm. conference.
1: Are they still are they still down players as well? Are they still missing?
0: They had a couple come back. Um still maybe down a couple, mm. but for whatever reason they just can't get back up to that level. They they did beat Edinburgh. no, well. Um but conceded five and that's what Todd Dutyum said like he said. Genuinely, eight goals. I don't care that we scored it. Essentially, everyone's scoring it, uh, but the five conceded is a worry. So yeah, fair enough. Just you know, they've not not found form at all, and that's the opposite of what you want going to the playoffs. Um, yeah, exactly. So see what happens with them. It's they've gone from probably being one of those teams that nobody wants to play to the team that everyone wants to play at the moment. And that's just what form does really. <laughs>
1: I know that's
0: it. Uh, I genuinely think you know if we played, if the conference was still up for grabs, and we were playing five now on the form that we're on, I think we would beat them.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's uh, ridiculous to say that, but yeah, no. uh, you know, I have to look back through the rest of the season to, to tell you otherwise. So,
0: yeah, I mean, they've they've done what they've not been able to do before, so yeah, in that sense, it's good. But if they do, you know, get into the playoffs and then obviously they are in the playoffs, uh, but they lose, they lose in the quarter final ever, then, in a way, that's a disappointment, given how good they were. Yeah. I think if I was, if I was a Fife fan and and didn't make it into that final four after how well they have, they had played, I'd be quite disappointed.
1: Yeah. If you were a Fife fan, then this podcast wouldn't be happening. That's true. That's true. I think you're right though. Um,
0: I mean, obviously for us, it's kind of there's this the conference is the minimum requirement thing, which I think's a bit shite anyway as it is. But <laughs> yeah. the not getting we've lost in the the playoff quarterfinals the past few years, and the conference means nothing after that.
1: No, I think that that was so. A, that's that's big price. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make. Was that? The the conference has been a a foregone conclusion for five for, for a long time now. So, that aside, the they would ideally be looking to get to the playoff final weekend. And if they don't, then as you say, it's a bit of a disappointment.
0: Yep. Um, Coventry and the other team are battling with for that eighth, eighth spot. And just knowing our luck, they go and get a four point weekend. Good win against Dundee, as we've said. Uh, in Dundee and then a tight one against Guildford but they're uh, they're now putting themselves right back in it and potentially are the form team.
1: Yeah, potentially. I think though if we if we were gonna pick a winner out of uh, Coventry and Dundee I probably would have said probably would have said Coventry.
0: Yeah, and they've still to play each other I think as well. Yeah, I think they do, yeah. That's 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 gonna be a big one. Yeah. We, of course, don't have either of those two teams to play, so in a way it's it's potential out of our hands. We'll, we'll look at the table um, just in a second. Mm. But um, So also on that, the Tuesday, Fife did beat Edinburgh, 6-1, uh, and then the Wednesday the other game was Nottingham bounce back, the 5-1 win against Milton. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't even say that without not laughing. <laughs> I know it's funny that John Tripp just called on that, but yeah, it makes me laugh thinking about it, so I'm gonna just start calling him that Keynes. Keynes is also, yeah, yeah, you could
1: also have Keynes
0: Keynes is just just slightly less funny <laughs> um no no, no. Saturday <laughs> Saturday, um well, it was at a four point weekend for Sheffield, which is good, considering they've they've been kind of out of form they won three two in Nottingham.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then beat Cardiff in a, a huge win at home on Sunday. Yeah, and I think Cardiff potentially, mathematically, could have won the league given other results. I think it's just delayed and inevitable. But um, for Sheffield to beat them as comprehensively as they did is is impressive.
1: Yeah, no, as, um, I think we'd both said that Sheffield were were going to beat Cardiff as well. So
0: yeah, good news. But that's something to cling on to
1: really, I guess. Yeah. Although I think I'd said that, that nothing were gonna beat them. But Yeah, but we won't we won't touch on that. Aye. Right. Okay. <laughs> Cause
0: if we did start picking out predictions then I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> Say them with confidence, but they never really end up right. Um Milton got a good win. <laughs> 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 oh dear. Against Guildford. Six five, which is a bit of surprise for me. Yeah, um, but the probably prediction of the week went to yourself with Cardiff shutting out Edinburgh and scoring eight.
1: Yeah, there was one goal out. I had said seven. I I seven nil Cardiff. So it's as good as they're going to get for that that number of goals in a game. That's pretty
0: impressive. So
1: uh, I'm quite happy. I'll, I'll take that.
0: Yeah, Manchester beat five in a relatively close one. Uh, at home. But again, they just keep keep rolling uh, form-wise. And Fife, Fife just didn't do enough there, although it was certainly an improvement on the, the home showing from the night before against them. Um, Belfast then bounced back to win 6-4 at home to Nottingham after we beat them the night before. And the only other game really that we've not covered there is well actually no we did we did talk about Fife, Fife winning in Edinburgh so I mean in terms of the results on the Sunday it was potentially as predicted although I think maybe Dundee scoring that many goals was a, a bit of a surprise
1: <laughs> um, yeah it
0: was the only thing really
1: yeah definitely um, not really too much else to add although I was a bit surprised I guess that like, Guildford are on a bit of a poor, poor run last few yeah months.
0: I know and they've they've got a quite a big part to play in the next couple of weeks, I think, in the eighth, yeah. eighth spot race. I'm sure we go there and Coventry potentially play them twice. Yeah. If not thrice.
1: No, I think I think Coventry play them twice, yeah. I think that's so, our last game's down there, I think.
0: Right. That'll be a big one. Yeah. So the the table, the way the way it stands at the moment, just really really covering our Clans situation. We're in in the 8th spot one point ahead of Coventry having played both played 52 games um, and it's Dundee who are two points behind with a game in hand so they win that. They're level with us although we do have a kind of significant advantage in terms of regulation wins.
1: Yeah
2: we do
0: We've got got three three more than Coventry and uh, six more than Dundee at the moment so I think that's the first tiebreaker
1: criteria, is it? Uh, I'm not actually too sure. I can I can be sure.
0: Yeah, you might need to check that, but it's it's a good good position to, to have that that many wins. And so technically it's it's still in our hands regardless of of what the other teams do. Yeah.
1: That's it. It's up to us now. So so still in our hands. Uh judging by it well. We've lost one out of the the eight games, although we did get a point against Manchester, so uh, we can only afford one more defeat according to John Tripp, so need to continue the, the good form that we've had Yep
0: the upcoming games then some quick predictions, we've got a game tomorrow night, another weird Tuesday fixture, uh, and this time it's Edinburgh going to Nottingham, uh, it's another away win and I'll leave I think is all All I'll say say to that one away win? I say, if it's an away right, win, I'll leave. Fair
2: okay. yep.
0: enough. <laughs> Although, mm, yeah, you never actually know if Edinburgh are going to Nottingham. They've done it before. Yeah, you
1: never, it's more than I feel. You never really know with Nottingham. Yeah, nah,
0: I can't. Nottingham am going to win that, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, I'll put into to win, but you'll never be that
0: certain. So. No. Um. Wednesday, few games there. Quite a big one. Cardiff-Sheffield... Then we've got Fife Belfast and Guildford Milton Keynes. Sheffield obviously quite confident having having beaten Cardiff there. Uh but I expect Cardiff will come out quite hard in that one knowing that they're really close to, to clinching it. I think they'll probably win at home. They're much stronger there. Although that as strong as they are on the road, it's just something about them at home that they've they've really been quite effective.
2: Yeah.
1: Plus I think well if if Cardiff win, do they win the league?
0: Um I think this potentially depends on Manchester results as well. Yeah. And they don't play again until the weekend, so
2: Yeah.
0: I think Manchester can still mathematically catch them. Uh okay. in fact, yeah, they're they're six behind Manchester and they've played a game more, but I need to do the maths, but I think they're probably still waiting on Manchester's
1: results. Yeah. Um, Fair enough yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take Cardiff though because I think they'll I think they'll want the they'll want the points now because they've got they've got a couple of games um, before Manchester play again so they'll yep. wrap it up fairly quickly
0: Yeah um, I think that Belfast will probably win in Fife just yep. on form um, although if Fife Fife really turn up they could they could easily get the win there.
1: Yeah, that's it. It just depends what five team turn up. Um, but... And that, you've not really been saying
0: that for most of the season?
1: Because it's always been
0: the good five team?
1: Yeah. No, no, that's it. It's just it's funny how things turn round at points in the season. So, no, I'll take Belfast to win that one.
0: And then uh, Guilford play Milton. <laughs> I can't... I actually can't not laugh so it's too funny I think mm, Guilford not been great but how much is the bus to Milton? I've got no idea you'd I'd have to ask uh, first
1: that's true I don't think it'd be that much though no no so if the if the coach ever breaks down then you can point yeah. out to John Tripp that you can get a bus there
0: yeah it's just Keynes. I'm not really sure where, where it is
1: I don't know I think it's maybe a wee, a wee part of Milton Perhaps I don't know. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Or maybe it's just mountain keys, but they've spelled keys wrong. <laughs> Could. Be. Who knows? Could be. That's a weird one. An eight o'clock face-off. You hardly ever. I don't remember the last time I saw an eight o'clock face-off in the league.
2: That is
1: strange. That's mm, I'm starting to doubt whether that's accurate or yeah. not. But
0: maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just a guilford thing. Could be. Maybe it's almost like Champions League style. Well, I was gonna say it's a Wednesday night,
1: so it's not exactly
0: No, I know, funny one. Um I think I think they'll probably beat Milton though. No.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll 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 take you for that one as well. One game on the sixteenth,
0: which is Friday. And it's Cardiff again going to Belfast, so that'll be two games Cardiff have had before. Manchester can play, Maybe maybe, maybe if they win that one they might they might win it. Um mm. If that is the case, I think they probably will go to Belfast and win.
1: Yeah, I agree. Especially if they beat Sheffield. I can see them going there full of confidence. and I think they'll, they'll win the title there, if that's the case.
0: Yep, yep. Manchester don't play until uh, the Saturday and then Sunday. Manchester at Guildford and then they're at home to Nottingham. So on current form, I think I could see them Picking up four there, so I mean it's it's out of their hands. Really they need a miracle, but certainly f- for themselves, I think they'll I think they'll get four points out of those two games.
2: Yeah, I don't
1: know. I I think they'll drop points because I think that's just I think that's just the way Ryanfinity teams go. I think they always get okay. they'll get close but never actually. I don't know. They'll always seem to play themselves out of it. So it's
0: not a tag you really want associated with no, is it.
1: No. Definitely not. So I think I think they'll I think they'll drop points against Guildford, because I think they need to start picking up their form a bit uh, heading into the playoffs, and obviously uh, seedings and positions and stuff like that are available. So we'll take Guildford.
0: Okay, Nice no, that's. And do, did you think they'll beat Nottingham on Sunday, Manchester? Yeah, I think they'll beat
1: Nottingham. I just think they'll drop. No. I just think they'll drop okay. some points over the weekend, but. Uh, no, that's fair enough. You'll probably be
0: right. We'll see. Clan themselves have got two games in which I would say we should absolutely be taking four points and settle for no less. It's and it could potentially be the, the deciding weekend if we don't take four. It's Milton on Saturday yep. and then Edinburgh away on the Sunday.
1: Yeah, if four points are absolute must. If we don't, then. We don't really deserve to be in the playoffs because if you, if you can't beat the two worst teams in the league, when you're when you're pushing for the playoffs, then it's not it doesn't really bode well. So
0: no, exactly. And I'd be fairly confident going there. I think they're playing well now, or as well as we've yeah. seen. I think Edinburgh. You know, you know what they're like there, but I think there's almost no chance that they're going to win another game. They'll maybe take teams close, but yeah. I think I think once you you sort of get a couple of goals in on them it's it's more of a how many are you gonna score rather than are you gonna win? So I think we'll win on the Sunday. Yeah. Although maybe make it a bit tricky at the start. Saturday night Milton Keynes haven't really been great away from home for most part. Well, haven't really been great in general, but certainly at the start of the year they were quite strong at home when they had a more of a full lineup. Some dangerous players, as we've said in the past couple of weeks, but I think we should really, really be dominating that and and taking the two points.
1: Yeah, that's that's a game that we, we just have to win. There's no two ways about it, and I think we will.
0: Yep. The battle for eighth games on the Saturday is Coventry against Dundee, and then Coventry go to Guildford. I think, I mean, that's a really tough one to call. Against Dundee yeah. because both of them are playing quite well. Mm-hmm. Dundee scored at nine there. That's that's not going to do the confidence any harm. But Coventry are quite quite tough to play at home. So I mean, potentially, I don't even know what the the best result for us would be. What a Dundee win? Maybe I don't I don't know. It's tough. I know it's because you can't. You don't. You don't really want one of the teams to get a point either.
1: Yeah, and, I was going to say that the worst thing would be if it went to overtime. Really. I dunno, it's it is a tough one. It's a it's a tough one to call. I think I'm gonna I'm go home advantage, I think, with that one. I'll say Coventry one.
0: I think I think I'd be just, just inclined to agree there. But certainly one to keep keep an eye on. Belfast then return home against Fife. I haven't played played in Fife during the week, I think. Belfast have I've really been had Fife number this year as far as I can remember um, and it's probably why I, I was more likely to back them even in Fife but I think at home they'll be too strong for Fife
1: Yeah I agree
0: and I mean I, I thought I thought that they'd be too strong for us as well but
2: Yeah
0: uh, the difference is is a wee bit of form you know at least we had that Sheffield result going in and picking up a bit of momentum and looking like a bit of a team Um I think Fife may be going the other way, so home win for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I'll go, go Belfast for that one as well.
0: Another Sheffield-Nottingham game. Just, as you said, you don't really know what version of either of those teams is. Going to turn out, interestingly, just on that point, I think, in Paul Thompson's interview after the Sheffield game on last night, he'd said that there were quite a few NHL teams in watching Liam Kirk all right. So I think I think he potentially will go to that draft, which would be a really a really big big deal, to be honest.
1: Yeah. No, that is that's huge news for particularly British British hockey, but um, maybe a bit of good, a good bit of good news for the league as well. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, apparently there were three or four teams out over scouts. Certainly. Um, see what comes of that, but um, I think they'll probably beat Nottingham. Yeah, uh, at home.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Sheffield will be too strong for them again. I think we've said that be- said this before, but uh, Sheffield seem to seem to have their number this season as well. Yeah, no,
0: definitely they do. Um, Dundee then on Sunday are at home to Fife, and earlier in the season, I'd have looked at Fife to go in there and uh, get a win, but I think Dundee will probably too much in the line for them Um, and Fife as we've said probably broken record but not great in the form table so Dundee for me are going to win that
1: yeah I'll go Dundee as well bounce back against Fife after I lost to Coventry
0: and the last game we've not mentioned is uh, Cardiff Sheffield another Cardiff Sheffield matchup Hmm. Um, depending how the games go need to see what the table looks like before Cardiff might have wrapped up but Sheffield won't want to be part of the, the league celebration in Cardiff uh, if it comes down to it so that's quite a lot of motivation for them. Yeah,
1: again it, it just depends how, how it goes, whether Cardiff have already won the league or not will I think depend on who, who wins that game.
0: Yeah, if they've won it then potentially Sheffield are favourites but mm-hmm. Any other way round I would give Cardiff the, the edge on that one. Yeah, agreed. Um bit of coaching news from the league, um, with Pete Russell departing. They're quite quite an impressive appointment actually for for Milton. Um a guy called Doug Mackay, who's former assistant coach at New Jersey and Toronto, coming in to be head coach and GM next year. So that seems like a fairly impressive appointment to me.
1: Yeah, uh, it certainly seems like it. It's uh, stuff like that that's good news for the league, and hopefully, during the off season, it will continue to grow and maybe it will be a bit a bit more professional. From
2: there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, as you said, it's attracting people like that is can only really be a positive thing that guys who have had assistant coaching jobs in the NHL which is yeah. a big deal regardless of where they're at in their career looking to take a job here I think obviously a, a GM role is quite, quite an attractive one um, but it's good to see that maybe you'll get another couple of guys like that in the next few years coming in
1: Yeah, but, uh, I, know the, I know the Purple Army podcast have been talking about uh, the need for a general manager for, for us, I would probably agree with them to an extent yeah, uh, but I, whether that'll happen or not I, I don't think that'll happen for us but um, I don't really know what will happen for us, it just depend on how the rest of the season pans out
0: Yeah, I mean if Tripp wasn't there, mm. somebody like that coming in to do that role although obviously it's unclear if he would actually if it would be that sort of position but to me those are the kind of guys who we would want to attract and probably could, it's a it's a big deal, I would say, the the clan job now.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think John Tripp's learned that throughout this season. So whether he'll be given another chance or not, just remains to be seen.
0: Yep. It's uh, we'll see how that that pans out over the summer. I don't know if we'll hear anything on that on that front before the season. But clan aren't really ones for giving out much signing news or returning news. Uh, certainly not before a season's done at, at the very earliest, but.
1: Yeah. I think that's just they've just, they've run for a good while, so I don't expect yeah. any signing news to be announced until after the season's finished.
0: If Trip if Trip is staying, he'll obviously he'll know internally. Yeah. Um potentially he'll already know and looking to put stuff in place. I think there's there's a basis there. The jury's still out really on various things, but I think potentially obviously there's a certain number of players you'd maybe look to have, but getting going early in the summer is the crucial thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, unless there's anything else you want to cover in the, the hockey world, we've got a a lot of football-related news to, to get into. So, yeah. I propose we do that. Let's get to it. The games that happened over, over the weekend, the old Derby weekend... I think quite impressively no, I was gonna say impressively, but we both we both backed Hibbs to, to win the Edinburgh derby and they yeah. did. Uh, and I, I saw it was quite a good a good ban at the end of the natural order.
1: Yeah. I like think it was. Yeah. Lennon said it himself, like his words come back to bite you, so
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that was as much motivation as they could have wanted, I think. Yeah. They maybe wouldn't have said that they'll have used it, but absolutely they would have.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: Um, As well, Kilmarnock, I think we predicted to win, did, although maybe closer than some people thought. Um, Thistle getting a decent point at uh, home to Aberdeen.
2: Yeah,
1: quite. I was quite surprised by that, but but then Aberdeen have been like that this season. They, I don't know, they just, just like the consistency that they have done in, in previous seasons, and I guess consistency in, in in big games as well. You could look at when they play, when they play Celtic or Rangers for that matter. it's uh, seems to be one way that the tie's going to go. Yeah, and uh, no, that's that's
0: going to probably prove to be quite a big point. Um, Hamilton beat Motherwell. I can't quite remember what we said in that one. Do you? Mm. I'm going to say I said Hamilton to win that, but which well, certainly means that I didn't.
1: I think I probably would have picked my low. But I mean, it, it
0: it pulls them a few points clear of those bottom two places. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, you had uh, Dundee getting absolutely hammered at home to St. Johnson. And I guess on that note, we could talk about an incident that, that happened with uh, Neil McCann after the game.
1: Yeah, why not? Let's discuss it. So
0: I, I've only seen the sports scene stuff eh, and they seem to quite enjoy analysing stuff like that. Eh.
1: <laughs> they definitely seem to analyse that more than some parts of the game. Yeah. At first I thought, my cat,
0: so the guy, it looked like the, the kit man or whoever it was, said something at the end of the game. So yeah. he wasn't happy. And then I don't know who was the, was it the, the keeper? The backup, backup goalie I say. Uh, First St. Johnson that, yeah, kind of became involved with McCann. It looked to me initially it looked like Neil McCann had put his thumb in the guy's belly button. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Strange... But I think it, it was more the kind of scratching claw that he did. Right, it was going to. it was
1: worse. A bit of a strange way to start a confrontation. Yeah,
0: no, I kind of lifted the guy's shirt up and
1: I thought, was is he getting belly fluff out here?
0: What's he doing? <laughs>
1: I I don't really know what the, the script was there. I think that uh, I don't know. It just it's a really weird reaction for McCann to have. He's you know, he's he's a manager now, so he can't be can't be carrying on like that. You kinda lift your hands to a player's face.
0: No, I know. I think he did it and then thought shit, I shouldn't have done that but had already done it, so Yeah. Um I guess it's a bit like some of the other incidents we'll get to in, in a moment, but uh... No, that was mental, and then he, there was more, as the as the teams went went into the dressing rooms. Uh, it looked like the, the assistant coach was more involved with that one. I don't think Tommy Wright was giving it. Just in, giving it everything. The, the, yeah, the the Diala, whatever it was. Then the Ronnie Yeah. So he was he was obviously playing up to it, and they yeah, you know they they weren't happy. And, some more stuff happened there, but it just seems to be a theme of the week of people just losing that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, it was a weird weekend for for people losing their minds. But well, that that goes for for football and and for ice hockey, probably other things as well that we've not seen. But I just, yeah. just remember that uh, just remember funny going absolutely mental last night. Oh yeah, booting the board behind him. Yeah, it was quite funny.
0: He, um the obviously been an Everton fan one of the things they've, they they actually won which was a surprise but talking about losing their heads did you see that uh, knockout challenge Baines had kind of flicked the ball off his face and it went out for a throw in or whatever and then Baines takes the throw in gets it back from whoever it is and then knockout just kind of just lunges in two footed from a a really weird standing position. they totally red mist. One of the worst tackles you'll see, and it's just straight red, and it's as if something's in the water.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was yeah, weird way. weekend. I didn't know to see that incident, but um. yeah, it was a crazy,
0: crazy challenge. He didn't, he didn't really make any contact, but that almost made it look worse in a way. Yeah. Um, I think he was just raging at ball hit his face and they were 2-0 down but it was a shocker um, and then into the Sunday, the old firm game I guess the red miss moment was Simunovic, the elbow I think yeah. it personally seems a wee bit harsh but I think what does him is the fact that his arm is like that if he'd kind of straight armed him and kind of pammed mm-hmm. him off I think you're less likely to to get into as much trouble as that. Obviously, Morelis makes the most of it and probably all players would, but I think the fact he doesn't complain means he, he expected something coming, but as I'd said before, I think in a way Celtic were better with 10 men or Rangers were certainly worse playing against with a man a man extra. Yeah. What did you think of that? that
1: um, well, I, I agree with your assessment. I think it's contact's so minimal that it's it's not even it's not even worthwhile in a game like that, really. But you do, you, if if you lead to your your elbow at that, then you're giving the officials an excuse to take out the red card, and they did. And obviously they they pointed out on sports again how eager the the linesman was to give it. But yeah, I would not comment on that. But I don't know. I, I, as a game in general, I thought it was I don't know. I, I thought it was quite it was quite end to end, possibly, and it's it's scrappy as as. As most old fun games are, I would
0: say. Yeah, it was it was fairly entertaining from that point of view. Made some really good goals. Um, yeah, all three of uh, Celtic's goals were
1: good. Yeah, no, they were really good goals.
0: And then the f- first one was was obviously an error, but it, it, the Windass's goal was was an mm-hmm. error, but fairly good finish. And the second one was a pretty good finish as well. But I think Celtic. Scoring so quickly after Rangers did was the main thing, and then yeah, they just felt Rangers really struggled with to to figure out what to do playing against one less man. They just I don't know it was it was funny. They just totally lost it.
1: Yeah, uh, no, um, I know. F- um, I think there was a it was a lot of Rangers fans complaining that Graham Murphy didn't bring on Jason Cummins after uh Simonovic went off but just for that for that extra that extra man going forward. Uh, but yeah. I thought overall I thought Celtic coped well. Being a man down and uh, bringing bringing Edward on uh, certainly helped. And I think it I think he did last week as well when he when he came on at half time against Morton. Uh there was definitely a, a stark contrast and I think it um I think it showed again this week that uh, you can play with Dembele and Edward.
0: Yep he's the two of them have done well recently Dembele's um, kind of more back towards the player he was a wee while ago when um, maybe teams down south or whatever were yeah. sort of sniffing about just seems more I don't know just seems more involved and happier and his attitude seems to be to be better that's from my point of view anyway that's what I can see.
2: yeah
1: I I would agree with that summary. I think he's uh, he's coming back onto his to his best form of late. He, like, he took his goal really well, um, as did as did Rogic and, and Edward. But I think there was a lot there was a lot of Celtic fans uh, that, had pho- <laughs> that had phoned up to complain about the the standard of refereeing during the game. I don't know. I mean, you you were obviously a fairly neutral watching it, so uh, what was your was your kind take on the the refereeing performance? Um, I thought
0: there was a lot of kind certainly at the start he let a lot of things go. Hmm. You know, he wasn't he didn't give out yellow cards immediately like you had seen before. A couple of challenges that maybe he thought he could have could have gotten top of. I didn't in general. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't think it spoiled the game in any way.
2: No.
1: Okay, just I didn't really. I, I as didn't want to give my opinion on it because it's kind of leaned.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think the the standard in general is not great, but on that occasion, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it made the game any worse. Really, the red card does could be argued, but potentially that's that's right nowadays. Um, one or two other things, but I don't think. I don't think it was as bad as maybe some people had said.
1: Yeah, there was just there was one challenge that, that came to my mind, and it was um, like it was Declan John, uh, his challenge on on Rogic, fairly early I think in the game. Where he goes in, and his he studs are shown and he hits Rogic like kind of halfway up the shin. There, there was nothing, there was nothing really made of that. And it, to be fair to Rogic, he didn't really make anything of it either. But it just at the time, it was a bit dangerous.
0: See, that's the thing now. So much of the the player's reaction comes into it, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, without a doubt. And,
0: and, and that's probably not really a good thing, but yeah. you see, it's the same with the, the Baines one as well, with Ockhart and the Everton game. The guy, you know, if that's somebody else who's got a reputation of going down easily, whatever, the guy, it would have made it look, you know, 10 times worse, but he's just standing there looking, making the guy look daft, yeah. really. I think a lot of the time now, if, if somebody's going down, it's like the Morelos thing, maybe minimal contact, but yeah. a guy's going to go down there if you think you know. there's an elbow,
1: mm-hmm. an old firm game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But it just kind of
1: heightens to me that the officials are kind of more concentrating on what the players are doing and maybe what the, the kind of reaction from the fans and the uh, staff on the touchline, or maybe maybe influence the decision a wee, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean I think we said that when Kevin was on. One of the questions was what how much of an influence does a crowd and kind of external factors have and yeah. I think it is huge. Uh, yeah, agreed. You know, like you look you look at that Elb Winston if that happens at Parkhead is he getting sent off? Mm, who knows. And it shouldn't shouldn't even be a thought, really. Regardless of what it is if it's a bad tackle, it's a bad tackle.
1: Yeah. I think regard, I think regardless of where it was happening, I think he was getting sent off. But I don't think that I don't think the fans kind of came into that decision, but in particular for the red card. I would say.
0: Yeah, well, no, I think the the result overall. If if there was any hope from one of the teams of a, a title challenge, that's that's kind of extinguished it. But yeah, um, I think overall. Celtic probably I don't know, it's hard to say. I was gonna say shaded it, but at times, yeah, Rangers weren't great at at the end of that second half. Mm. And Celtic started the second half quite well, I think, as far as I remember. Yeah. Um then in other parts uh Rangers were kinda of dominant, but they didn't dominate for long enough. I think as I'd said, Celtic scored at good times, so
1: Yeah. I know, I think that I think that's it. I felt Celtic kinda of dominated towards the end of the first half. I felt like they had a fair chunk of fair chunk of the possession. And then second half, I think after the after the sending off, you would argue that Rangers probably had most of the possession and they were looking to create chances, but
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they, they dominated in that regard, but they didn't really create anything other than the Morelos miss which I initially thought Bain had got a cross to save it on the line rather than it coming off the post. Yeah, I think... Uh, think Which would have been a world-class save.
1: Yeah, I think had that happened, I think uh, probably Celtic fans are justified in in their praise for Scott Bain uh, during the game. I don't know if... I'm still kind of... Obviously, the jury's still out on Scott Bain and I I think he's done well under the circumstances to come in. Considering how how well he played, if I was being if I was being critical, if we were doing critical about Scott Bain, yep. The only one thing that I would say is that his his positioning for Candace's goal is a bit questionable, but I mean that's just that's just me nitpicking. But uh I thought he was good overall. But I think you'd you'd said to me during the game that you were quite impressed by Olivier and Cham. Yep,
0: yeah, he was my man of the match for Celtic.
1: Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Good quality. Good distribution. Good
0: distribution, yeah. Kind of guy that Celtic have found over the past few years. You know, like you're thinking Van Dyke, guys that are comfortable on the ball. Yeah. Um, Wanyama as well. Well, Wanyama maybe is not not as technical as um, Cham was. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even guys like um, Key, it's at Swansea now, Mm -hmm. comfortable on the ball and were able to dictate play and with Scott Brown there who's again you wouldn't say Scott Brown's really a, a technical player he's, he's certainly improved a lot yeah even under Rodgers and set up that, that goal but he still needs I think a an influence a, a more technical player beside him and, and Cham's kind of fitted that role perfectly
1: yeah I agree he's come on leaps and bounds this season as well leaps and bend bounds leaps and bend bounds
0: Moving on then to fixtures coming up this week. There's a quarter final replay on Tuesday, uh, Kelly Aberdeen. I think just quickly we both said it would fancy that one at home. When we when we knew it was going to a replay, and I, I still don't think
1: I'm going to change that. No, I agree. I think Kumaran are are too good at home, and I think Aberdeen is when you're kind of no real consistency at the moment, so. I expect Commander to get through that time.
0: Yeah. Hibs are playing again on, on another Friday night. They're up at, up in Perth this time at St Johnson. Um I th- well what what do you think with that one? That's maybe a bit closer, although St Johnson been quite good away from home, so potentially I'd still probably put Hibs' favourites for that one.
1: Yeah. I think it's maybe one of those games where you would where you would expect Hibs to go there and win, but could potentially drop points. It's just the way Scottish football goes. I think uh, St Johnson will uh, be high. They'll be full of confidence after the weekend. It is a bit difficult to, to predict that. I will I will say that Hibs, Hibs will just edge it, um, but I think it'll be really close.
0: Saturday, um, we've got our other favourite team, Partick Thistle, go to, to Edinburgh to play Hearts. And... I think um, I think they might get a point out of that, although it's bit of a tough one. Hearts obviously hurting after that derby defeat and stuff, but I don't know. I can I can see Thistle getting a point from that. Yeah,
1: again, I think that would be a tight game. I think that Hearts will be looking to bounce back. I think Thistle did well, obviously, to get their point against Aberdeen, and could you know Aberdeen could arguably arguably have been down to ten men as well. Ryan Christie gets sent off. Uh, I think he probably should have been, if I'm honest. Not actually seen that one. I like think Ersk- Erskine's through. He's pretty much by himself through on goal. Christie kind of catches him with the foot. But he's also got his arm around him as well, brings him down. Right. Yeah. So for me, it was a red card, but you know, I can understand why probably Kev would be absolutely livid about that. Yep. In terms, well, in terms of this game, I would. You would have to put hearts as favourites, but there could be a draw in that. um, What am I going to say? Probably go... I'll say hearts will win by the odd goal.
0: Right. We've got Aberdeen, Dundee and Ross County Hamilton as well. I think I've got to... Judging by Dundee's defending there. Yeah. Going up to Aberdeen, they're not going to get anything. And... uh, Ross County Hamilton, a close one maybe. But again going by recent results, Hamilton may be slight favourites. Mm. I think maybe both teams will score there, but Hamilton just edge it for me. No,
1: okay. I'm gonna say Ross County for that game. I think their last sort of ten minutes maybe against Kelly shows that they can if they put you know, they put their minds to it they can play well and they can score goals. Especially at Kilmarnock, and I think that'll I think that'll give them a bit of confidence for the weekend so I'll take Ross County for that one and I agree with what you said with Dundee their defence was terrible at the weekend so I'll take Aberdeen for that one obviously we need to back different teams that's why I'm going to
0: go with Hamilton Yeah. otherwise it's no fun I also didn't see Ross County highlights yet so if I had I'd probably have not gone for Hamilton but anyway um, Rangers-Kilmarnock draw for me yeah I don't think Rangers will win that. I don't know, I've just I've just got a feeling. Um they have been obviously up to up to last week they've been pretty good against everyone else, scoring quite a lot of goals, but I don't know, I just got a feeling that
2: Yeah.
0: Come on, Nicole, score against them and and get a point out of that. Maybe you'll think differently.
2: No, I actually agree. I
1: think I think it'll be a draw. I think that had Rangers got anything out of the game yesterday, I think. Their confidence might have been high going into that, knowing that they can score goals. But I think, I think just the way Kelly are playing them now as well, they're really difficult to beat. I think Steve Clark's set them up that way. So no, I'll, I'll go a draw for that one.
0: And finally, we've got Celtic going to Motherwell on Sunday. Can't see anything other than our way win there.
1: Yeah, I'll take Celtic as well. I think it'll be a difficult game because I think after the weekend, obviously Motherwell losing to Hamilton. I don't think we were too happy with that, so we might be looking to, to bounce back a wee bit and Mother will always give us a good game at Fir Park, so it'll be difficult, but I think Celtic will win.
0: Maybe see Roberts and Sinclair come in. A couple of changes, potentially.
1: Yeah, potentially. That one. Maybe, uh, Maybe Armstrong a bit. After the weekend, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, him yeah, as well. But uh, staying with Scottish football then, the, the squad for the, the national team was announced. I don't know, have you seen it?
1: Yeah, saw it earlier on. The thing that struck me the most was the sort lack of forwards that, that that are in the team.
0: Yeah, it was a funny one. Yeah. Um obviously in the I listened to a bit of McLeish's press conference and they said that essentially obviously Griffiths gets straight back in, which Yeah. If Griffiths isn't in the team then you're you're giving up. You know, it's if he wasn't going to get in the squad. When it was fit, knowing what what he can do, really, I think he's potentially the the main man at the moment yeah. for his uh, in the forward department. Anyway, Ollie mate Burnley, who is a is a new face, obviously from Swansea. Not seen too much of him, but again, will he will he get his chance? You've got who else? You get Cummings and Matt Phillips, who's been listed as a forward as well on there.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not really
2: sure about that. I, don't
1: um, think, I wouldn't have said Matt Phillips was a, was a striker or a forward by by any stretch, so it would be interesting to see who he, who he plays up front, but obviously we'll find out when the time comes.
0: Yep, um, again, McLeish had said that Gordon's probably the number one there, but again, you've got some new faces in there. Archer from Millwall, McGregor has, has been in, in it before, but um, John McLaughlin as well from Hearts. So I think in total what was it, six six new six new players. Um so at least there is some sort of concept of freshening things up, but yeah. You never know how that how that's gonna go in terms of what results you
1: get. I know it's a bit strange. I, I think in terms of goalkeepers, I don't know who who will get the nod there either. The other surprise for me is that Grant Hanley's been recalled back to the squad. I just don't I just don't understand why, to be honest. Yeah, I don't really rate him. Nah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really not really either. You've got I guess it's good I guess it's good that you've given other players a, a chance they can approve themselves rather than the same the same guys coming in. But.
0: Yeah, I mean you've got Barry Douglas who Wolves have obviously been a informed team. Roberts and Anne so you've got three left backs potentially. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you've got. You could even have Douglas playing left back, Tierney moving into centre half, and Robertson playing on the wing, left midfield or something. Whatever.
1: Potentially could. Skip. Or
0: even even a right back, which is a bit radical, but yeah. If you're looking to get the three of three form players in, and you know how much of an impact getting the form players in. Remember when, obviously, they put in that that core of Celtic players striking you know you put Armstrong in and you'd Griffiths and uh, Craig Gordon and stuff and the results kind of turned around a wee bit you've got to play players that are doing well for their clubs I think and just get them to try and replicate that
1: Yeah that's it I think he'd said McLeish that uh, the other guys that he hasn't picked will need to prove that they deserve a place in the Scotland team and I think that was that was the kind of main thing with, uh, with Strachan's teams is that he you know it was it was the same the same kind of guys that he was that he was calling up all the time and just it just seems as if they're just going through the motions at times
0: yeah yeah so i mean there's there's some positive from from that point of view in looking to play guys who are doing it for their clubs because that's all you can really do at this stage certainly until you see how players fit together yeah. um you've got a, a fairly decent core of celtic players in that midfield as well Forrest, armstrong McGregor, then you. Obviously, I think Scott Brown would have been in there, yeah, as well with, without without question. Then um, Christie, I guess, as well is technically Celtic player on loan. Yeah, you got McTominay, who we mentioned last week, but one-form player again for Man United. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see how he does. Dylan McGeoch again.
2: Yeah,
0: somebody who who's impressed McLeish from recent performances. I think did quite well on Friday night.
1: Yeah, I think he's uh, he's when he was when he was at Celtic. I think he I actually quite liked Dylan Lamagia. I thought he would have possibly stayed on and came through uh, at Celtic, but it just wasn't to be for him. I think recently his performances have started picking back up again. Uh, so I think he's probably deserved that he's in the squad.
0: Yep, Matt Ritchie, who's been in it before, Jamie Murphy as well. I think obviously done fairly well recently for Rangers um, would 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 he have got in it uh, had he not made that move? Potentially not so from his point of view maybe that's a positive thing yeah. um, guys like um, Tom Kearney, Fulham and Kevin MacDonald as well that's two two guys who I'm not really that I mean Kearney more so but not that mm-hmm. familiar with so interesting to see how how the team shapes up and how how we actually get on in the in the games that are upcoming.
1: Yeah. Obviously they don't have any meaning in the games, but it'll be good no just just to kinda get a, a good look at some of these players to see yeah. if there's going to be any any use in the future.
0: Yeah. Anything else you you find interesting in that or are we
1: we good just to,
0: to yeah. go into some nut nut jobs? <laughs>
1: I'm fine to move on to some nut jobs. I think if it was like if the Scotland games meant anything then it would maybe be about that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Oh, as it is. Well, there it is.
0: There it is. <laughs> the first kind of quite hilarious football thing was the the owner in Greece who took exception to a refereeing decision <laughs> and decided to come onto the pitch. He, he was accompanied by what looked like his security, but he had a, a holstered pistol on his person.
1: yeah absolutely incredible like how uh, I I don't know I I can't even find the words to describe like how that would even come about apparently
0: the referee signaled a goal but then disallowed it for offside and I think I don't know if I did see that all the games in Greece have been suspended after after the incident but
1: I think Sky Sports had reported that earlier on yeah I think you're right
0: can you imagine that happening up here well you you can't really, but you kind of want it to just to see to see what happened. It's quite funny.
1: Folk would have absolutely no idea what to do with themselves at the weekend. But, we but no, there's no games on at all. Just imagine. Just everybody packed into Silverburn or something.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be great, really, would it? But uh, it's just funny the way the security come on and they're kind of... Oh, come on, Jim. You can't be no, not again. Put the gun away. No, I said I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm fucking sick of this referee. You can imagine the conversation that's going on there.
1: Yeah. I like the fact that he's just probably in, he's probably just in that frame of mind where he's like, fuck it. Just, get yeah, a the pitch with my gun. See what happens. Does he go to every game? <laughs> uh,
0: armed, armed. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Need to ask him. Maybe we'll get him on the podcast. Very well. Seems like a seems like a genuine guy. Seems seems decent. What's his name? Um, Ivan Savidis. Aye. Oh well, we'll see what he's up to during the week. we be a wee special different
0: Just as well, I didn't get any any shots fired. Or you'd have <laughs> there was no there was no shots
1: on goal anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Attempts on life. <laughs> shots off target. You also
0: had in pitch invasion, true pitch invasion style, you had incidents at the London Stadium West Ham against Burnley. After (laughs) Burnley scored and then doubled their lead, you had various various incidents. You had Martin Noble rugby tackling a guy. He had a fan running. He must have just just pulled the the corner flag out and then sort of (laughs) stabbed it into the centre circle like like uh Graham Sunis Graham Soonish, yeah. And it was all, all in protest uh of the owners, I think, as far as I know.
1: Yeah, I think so. I watched there was a guy it was a a guy's Snapchat story that I'd seen on, on Twitter when he was at the game and honestly just it was just one thing after another. So you had obviously the guy that got rugby tackled, the Mark Noble. Then you'd you'd two other two other folk come onto the park. As well, uh, in between that and the guy coming out with the with the corner flag, I think when the guy when the guy was coming out with the the corner flag, the guy that was recording it. The one I would seen, he was recording. There was like a a bust up in, uh, in amongst the fans. Right. So it was like I don't know. It was like a few West Ham fans going at each other, and then <laughs> and then the camera just pans up and he's like, Oh no, there's a guy. There's a guy with a corner flag. What's he doing? He got on so easily. That's the other thing. It, it doesn't even look hope. as if anybody was really chasing him. Nah. I mean, you'd think, you'd think it's already happened twice, so maybe we'll put some extra stewards out to make sure it doesn't happen. But
0: Yeah, so I think there's talk of them facing a few games behind closed doors. So
1: I think that's
2: probably there.
0: And then when they do play again, you'll have more police than normal, that's for sure. Yeah. You saw them, you saw all the fans congregating just below the director's box as well. They kind of got through into the the zone just below it and were sort of sitting on top of the fence and eventually kind of forced that section to clear out and uh, all the owners had went inside or whatever, but I just don't think they're not happy about the, the, the stadium move and the lack of money spent and actually they're kind of in trouble a wee bit in terms of relegation so I'd have thought the sensible thing would have been to get behind the team and make sure that they stay up and then do that in the off season but
1: well that's West Ham for you is
2: it
0: yeah maybe that's a bit sensible mm. I don't know is, is there any other people that lost their nut over the weekend Uh Jimmy Carriger oh yes yeah <laughs> That's a little big one I meant to mention. (laughs) So he uh, firstly the guy obviously is driving on the road filming so does he see Carragher coming and start filming then? Yeah Uh, I
1: think he drives he's driving alongside him and realises that it's Jamie Carragher I bet like when we were in Liverpool and we saw who was it was it Billy Lenton oh yeah yeah that was quite funny obviously it didn't didn't set sort up of berate him, but the guy rolled down his window. Just, was just shouting at him. He was going like, he was just shouting two one. Like Carragher, Carragher rolls down his window. And just and gives
0: him a big Ashley Young. Yeah. And then the guy the guy's reaction's kind of weird. You know, the, the daughter says, Did you did you hear that? The daughter said he just spat on me and then he's saying, you know, oh, Jamie Carragher spat on my daughter, oh <laughs> Did you
2: see that? <laughs> yeah. Did you
0: hear that? There's a really weird way to react. Um, Playing up to the camera. And obviously, yeah, you get this social media influence, so... Yeah. Firstly, the guy will probably get a ban for using his phone <laughs> when driving, but... Oh, I mean, Car- Never thought of that. Shite. Carragher now is suspended, I think, and I think he'll probably lose that role he had at Sky.
1: Yeah. I think Monday Night Football, like, with the whole... The whole aspect of Monday night football, the over analysis, etc., has to go. It's just so dull.
0: Maybe yeah, maybe they'll change it up as a
1: result of that. Well, I hope so. There's only so much you can talk about in one game. Like, fuck. As we
0: can find out, yeah.
1: Well, exactly, yeah.
0: No, so because obviously you had the thing with Richard Keys and Andy Gray a while ago. <laughs> so maybe Carragher will reappear on Al Jazeera. Maybe. Monday night live on Al Jazeera, and a few months down the line, and Richard Keane,
1: Andy Gray, Jimmy Carrier, what a lineup!
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is now, everything's filmed, and he'll, he'll not get away with that, and Aye. he can't defend it. But
1: it was just the way that I just I told you before we started recording this, but uh, the wee interview that <laughs> he was obviously forced to go on Sky News to do this. This interview, where he sat down with the with the newsreader, and they both they both watched the incident, and then and then there's just an awkward sort of five second pause before she goes, so what was that all about? And it's just it was just a, one of the most cringiest moments on TV I think I've ever seen. Yeah, worth looking up for sure. It was absolutely. I mean, was like he knows he's done wrong, and obviously he's going to be very apologetic about it. So.
0: I know. It's again it's been over, it's they've actually Monday night footballed the whole incident.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've
0: they've seen. they've actually done it. That is what's happened there. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I expect I expect him to probably lose lose his job there, which is unfortunate for him, but it's mm. the way it goes. Gary Neville maybe see a, a new face alongside him. I think all that remains maybe is to do our uh, special take on Critical mode, if you're up for it. Aye.
1: Fine with that. So,
0: you can maybe explain what, what the twist is this week.
1: Right, okay. So, the twist this week for critical mode is that it's not called critical mode. And basically, what we're going to do is we're going to turn it around a wee bit. So, we're going to pick a, a topic for each other, and we're going to be complimentary about something instead. I feel like there's a, a there's been a lot of negativity about different things, so Maybe try and turn turn positive for one week. Yep.
0: Okay. I'm not for that. Do you want to go first or
1: second? Uh, I don't. I'll I'll give you I'll give you the topic then. Okay. First of all, and uh, just kind of quickly going back to the negative, talking about it's sorry it's linked to to what you're probably going to be talking about, but being in Silverburn on Saturday, coming out in the multi-story car park, stuck there for about an hour and twenty minutes.
0: You're joking, were you?
1: Yeah, it was an absolute joke. Why was it
0: so busy? Just there were that many people. Yeah, I
1: don't know. To out, total disgrace. That's critical mode. That's critical mode. But for this week, for complimentary mode, Sam, I want you to be complimentary about multi-story car parks.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, I think multi-story car parks are one of the best inventions that. That we've seen in, in modern times the best thing I'd say about them is the weather protection for 9 tenths <laughs> 9 tenths of the users, of course you've got the top level that that aren't shielded but the ability to come in, park, enjoy yourself, go shopping, whatever you're doing, come back to your car knowing you're fully shielded <laughs> um, is is really what, what attracts me to a multi-storey car park and um, the other thing is the space saving. You can't just assume that a flat car park is the way to go. You need to. You need to build up. It's the trend these days. Um, <laughs> and not only that, the excitement that a multi-storey car park gives you when you're driving back down from the top, <laughs> the wind, the wind in your hair, uh, the air through your through your lungs of a a spinning multi-storey car park exit is really something to behold and that's why I love multi story car parks. Lovely.
1: And an ode to, to multi story car parks uh, there. Yep. good.
0: Your um, your complimentary modes kind of related to potentially the, the start of the show most weeks. Hmm. Um and uh and this week I'd like you to be complimentary about the Fife Flyers fans.
2: <laughs> oh dear for a minute?
0: For a minute. Right, okay. As close to a minute as you can. Your time starts now.
1: Right, okay. What can we say? Five flyers. They've been around for for ages. Uh, to be complimentary about them. Mm, well, you could say that they're one of the most... Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, they're definitely passionate. They're a passionate group. Um you'll give them that. Uh, this is so difficult. It's part of the fun. Yeah, well, they come together well. There's a good camaraderie there and amongst the five fans are extremely passionate, as we've seen. Years gone past, don't take any shite for them, be it fans or players. I think, uh, you know, that, that bodes well. It's a, they've got a good support there, good for good for the team as well. Always get behind our team and uh, spur them on to, to victory this year and hope that's end it.
0: Yep, I mean, I think you did more than a minute there, albeit probably the first half was <coughs> you were one to be more in critical mode, but it was difficult That's time. You got there, you got there, but that's the point, isn't it? That's awesome. it. So I quite enjoyed this week. Lots of, lots of fun stories and other things. Um,
1: Bumper Mental Edition.
0: Bumper Mental Edition. Bumper Nut Jobs. Nut Job Edition. Episode 9. So, as always, hope people enjoyed it, and we will see you next time.
1: See you next week.